everyone. Hey. It's Daniel. And Holly. And you're listening to Halfway Saints. Episode 7. Episode 7. Why do you always make that joke? Did I type it wrong fir- once? The first episode you typed to episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the folder on the computer. I know, but it was too hilarious to let it go. I'm not going to take that from someone with holes in their socks. Well, they're, they're my favorite. It's I okay. Know. We have a problem in our house that um, if we have holes in our uh, socks or shirts or whatever, uh, we just have a bad habit of keeping them and continuing to wear them. So um, I'm just resistant to say it because then I have to do it. But uh, <laughs> We have a method for making sure we don't wear clothes with holes in them. Mm. And we have to Hulk Hogan out of them. Yeah. We have to rip them off. We have to channel our inner Hulkamaniac <laughs> and rip the socks or the shirt off of us. Because that's, it's true, I will keep wearing a sock, like, it could, my heel could be hanging out of it. But yeah. until I rip it till it's completely unwearable, I will keep wearing it. Mm-hmm. And you will too. I know. You had a shirt, a t-shirt. Hard Rock Cafe. No, but- that one's still, I still wear <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tonight, you have to Hulk no, Hogan. No, you bought me that in London. When we were when we were like sixteen, I know I know it's it's sentimental, but it's got a it's a lot it's of not, holes. Okay, they're not. We'll talk about this later. I don't think don't the defend. shirt is that bad. <laughs> this is why we have this method. <laughs> You'll have to just uh, catch me off guard, like start playing the Hulk Hogan music when I'm wearing it, go. and then it'll just happen. It will. Anyway, naturally. Sorry, back to the podcast. <laughs> we'll stop our poor housekeeping tips and. <laughs> No, it's it's a great tip. It is a great tip. Hopefully no one else um, has as many holy clothes as we do. Mm. But uh, we do want to say that uh, we're very excited this week because we noticed a little bump in our podcast subscribers. Yeah, like over more than doubled. In the more past than week. doubled. And it's definitely thanks to uh, Greg Willits and uh, giving us a little shout out on him and his wife's podcast, The Catholics Next Door. Catholics Next Door. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just wanted to welcome all of you new listeners to our podcast, and we hope that you like it. And thank you to Greg for being so gracious to mention us on the podcast. A huge thank you to Greg. And if you're not, if we, for some weird reason, we're the only Catholic podcast you listen to, go find some other ones. Yeah. There's a lot of great ones out there. There are. What'd you laugh for? There are a lot of other ones. I know. More than, <laughs> more than better, just us? Better than us, yeah. I'd say there's a lot out there. Hey. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, but welcome, and thanks for coming, and thank you to Greg. Um, we're just really thankful that we could, that we can do this, and that people actually listen. Every day when it would, like, be, the numbers would be climbing, Daniel and I say, like, we're at 200, we're at 208. We're like, what? why this is so weird but it's really exciting and very humbling and um we just can't wait to see what the lord does with this podcast Mm -hmm. so our topic today tonight depending on when you listen to it (laughs) tonight we're recording it at night so Mm -hmm. it's tonight is evangelization Mm. which i we need like (laughs) music yeah ah. we'll do it ourselves um but I think evangelization is a word that kind of hits different, raises different flags with different people. Some people might be like, oh, I don't know, or some people might be like, yes, that's what it's all about. Right. Um, so before we talk about it, we want to 
just mention a little bit of our own experiences with evangelization, especially before we both um, came to the church. Yeah, and so I mentioned before that uh, I was involved in high school and then also in college with a um, non-denominational outreach ministry. Um, And if you are just coming into the podcast, I am a convert to Catholicism from just non-denominational um, background. But so while I was in high school and college, I was involved with a non-denominational outreach ministry. And um, in high school, we were actually, Daniel and I were both a part of it. And then in uh, college, I became a college leader where then I was, um, you know, ministering to high school kids. And the model that the whole um, ministry is based off of is just discipleship which is uh, essentially just living life with kids. And um, the whole, the like big picture was just to teach the farthest out kid, meaning like the kids who have never heard the gospel or anything about Christ or um, has no understanding of the church to to find those kids and to bring them to just uh, see this like snippet of Christ that will then lead them into a more formed um, understanding of who he is and to know him in a, in a personal relationship. Um, and I really enjoyed that model of discipleship because I think that it's a really great um, example of how Christ loves his people. Um, and there are definitely some things missing from the ministry that I wish that were there now, now like looking at it from a Catholic perspective, um, just because they're, it was so pared down more than what I would think now. But um, I loved the picture of just like living life in a really intimate way with high school girls for me. Um, and it's really funny that I was uh, actually like leading at a all girls Catholic high school when I was this Protestant ministry person. Yeah. And Holly was actually like talking about before the podcast and I was like well I didn't really have any idea of like evangelization before I um, started going back to Maskin and again if you're just joining the podcast I was born Catholic but um, it's pretty much non-practicing from middle school up until college um, but yeah before I came back to the church I didn't really have an idea of evangelization I think I was still in the mode of needing to be evangelized myself in a way like trying to get my bearings um, but looking back on it now, during college, I got you to join the church. You did. So maybe I did know a thing or two about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really it wasn't until I started getting more into my faith um, as a Catholic, it wasn't really something on my radar, even though um, I did. I was part of this ministry in high school. And I think you being a leader in college and being on the other side of it, you kind of had a more of an understanding of it um, from that. Yeah, that was kind of my only understanding of evangelization was just um, living. It was hard to put it into words, but um, because it was kind of like I put all of my like intentional relationships into this one ministry and with the high school uh, kids that I was leading. And I kind of I didn't do like the best job with my classmates and stuff in college because I mean, it's it's an exhausting thing to do to yourself to like, just put yourself out there and be incredibly vulnerable at that 
and it was a time management situation. I just couldn't afford the time to make the relationships with my classmates as I um, could with the high schoolers. But you're kind of like you had like evangelization mode. Like it was more focused. Like I'm trying to get these kids to come to this thing. So mm-hmm. it was more of a direction. It was more of like a bonus if my classmates ever saw right. something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was a really easy way too. Like if my classmates asked what are you doing tomorrow night? And I'm like, I'm going to a high school soccer game. They're like, why are you doing that? I would say, because it's what I do, and it's because I love Christ. Um, And I really did appreciate that, like, point-blankness that I could just be, like, really honest and upfront about it, I guess. So how is your understanding of what evangelization is now that you're Catholic? Well... Switched. Actually, let's, before we go into that, let's, uh, we found a passage from the Catechism that talks about evangelization and specifically the role of the lady in it um and we just thought it was really good it's um from paragraph 905 and it reads lay people also fulfill their prophetic mission by evangelization that is the proclamation of christ by word and the testimony of life for lay people this evangelization acquires a specific property and peculiar efficacy because it is accomplished in the ordinary circumstances of the world um, and we just really like that, especially because of the ordinary circumstances of the world. Like, the lady are kind of like the, uh, the secret agents. Yeah. You know, like, you kind of sneak, sneak in before you know you're going to mass. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I was going to respond. Um, that the, the ordinary circumstances, I think, after becoming Catholic, I just see so much of Christ reflected in every different mode of life and uh especially in relationships which before being catholic everything that i understood about uh god and christ was through relationships because that's all i really knew about evangelization as well was just like my relationships with these girls and relationships with my friends and like my christian community and then relationship with the earth i was really interested in the relationship with the earth um what i'm not the earth no (laughs) but um now i see a bigger picture about how it's not just in relationships but it's but christ is revealed through just everything and so it's really i love the church's uh teaching that like both and and that god is just like you can see the good in everything Mm -hmm. there is good in everything like you you might not be Catholic or Christian, but you're putting out beautiful things, like beautiful music that can lead others to Christ, and that there is good within that, and that is God, because God is good. Right. There isn't anything good in this world that doesn't, doesn't have, have a, God within it. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. his handprint is on everything. Yeah. Um, and another thing I wanted to say is that it's not in the ordinary circumstances, but for me, like, um, just the mass experience, going to mass with you while uh, I was at home visiting, or, or when I was at Emory visiting, or while we were both at home for yeah. breaks, um, that it was it was this completely different thing that I had ever experienced. And I remember the first couple of times I went, I was so frustrated because I was so used to these... Uh, almost like performances and with like with the ministry that I did we did this one like organized setup 
where like literally every moment is planned. There's no dead space. There's no dead, there's no silence. There's no anything because if, if we lose you for a second, then we're gonna lose you for the whole night was like kind of the mentality. And so that kind of was also seen through the church the churches that I went to. And it was just like, everything was planned and organized and like just this like perfect from like start to finish no, no blank space, no, um, no, no dead space or anything. Mm-hmm. There was always like lights or there's always like something to like get my attention. But with mass, it was like this person was going up to read like the first reading and took like five minutes to get to the podium. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? This is taking forever. Why is he ziplining over to right? it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was hard for me to get used to that. Like it, that this is just the way that it is, that people take their time and that people are quiet at the beginning of mass was weird to me. I was like, these people must not love each other at all because they're not talking. Um, but that in itself was evangelization to me because it was, uh, teaching me that there is sacred silence and that we are in the midst of something extremely sacred. And it's that respect for, Christ in the host and in um, the Eucharist that made us like that made the entire atmosphere something different and something quiet and something reverent and so um, that moment just walking into mass I knew that I was walking out of the world and into something eternal Mm -hmm. yeah and I think like I said it wasn't until I came back to the church that I really had an idea um, of a mission of being you know I need to spread this um great thing um and what i i guess my first sort of real experience with it was helping out with rcia mm-hmm. which as we said before we've had mixed experiences rough experiences. mixed is being generous nice. yeah <laughs> um but i just really wanted to um share with other people and help other people experience what i did sort of um getting to kind of know all this stuff as an adult, you know, as, and, um, I worked with the RCAI group, RCIA group where I went to grad school. Um, and it was just, I really enjoyed it cause I got to like talk to these people and, um, I was just really eager to share my experience. So that was kind of, um, my foray into it. Like I want to help other people experience what I had. I don't know if at that point I had kind of understood like a wider evangelical mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least it was, you know, all these other adults or college students um, going through this. I would like to help them through right. that. I think there's also the church's uh, understanding of vocation kind of came. We realized it after we were married. But um, just the understanding of vocation, like what, and asking yourself, like, what is God calling you to do? Because you have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where you were led to start with RCIA. Mm-hmm. But um, as definitely now that we've kind of um, grown in our faith a lot more since we both sort of highly um, joined the church and I sort of, I guess my official point of reversion was when I was confirmed in grad school. Um, I've definitely been more attuned to evangelization and tried to see like each moment as a method for evangelizing. Mm-hmm. Um, some moments are more successful than others. <laughs> um, but I definitely feel sort of a sense of obligation to um, 
to just speak for Christ when I'm able to. There's a great quote by Flannery O'Connor, and I might butcher it, um, but it's something along the lines of, I must speak without apology of the church, even when the church is not present, and of Christ, even when Christ is not recognized. Even when Christ is absent. No, it's the church is absent. It's yeah. Christ is not recognized. It's on our chalkboard upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it. That's the reason. Okay. Um, but just that you're sort of always in evangelization mode. It's not like you were saying where you're like, oh, no, this is friend time or this is right. coworker or classmate time. Right. Um, you sort of always have to, you're always a representative of the church, and our mission is to bring people into the church. So if you're always a representative, then you're always, always be closing, always, um, <laughs> always be trying to drink, bring people in. Right. Um, I think that's a good segue into talking about the methods and modes of evangelization. Why are you looking at me? Why are you, you smiling? S- you said that's a good segue. You told me not know, to do I that a couple <sighs> times ago or a couple podcasts ago. Ha! Well, now, now I think we we can say it. Oh, it's allowed. It's allowed. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. But now there's precedence for it, so we can say it. Thanks to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's definitely a wrong way to evangelize. Well, okay, I'll say we'll start off by saying that prudence and charity are always always go hand in hand with evangelization. Um, always. You can't. And I think prudence is not a very widely practiced virtue these days, mm-hmm. but it's a very important one. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you don't know, just means kind of using good judgment and not going into things um, wildly or without preparation. It's kind of evaluating appropriateness. Certain, yeah, evaluating mm-hmm. the appropriateness of the situation, um, because different things work on different people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that when you think of evangelization, you kind of think of like someone out on the street with like a bullhorn or like sitting next to you on the bus handing out pamphlets or we holding had, a sign. There was a man who walked around Savannah who would just shout. He would yell like this loud, drawn out thing. He would say, That's what it sounded like from far away. And that's all I never went close to him. But he would be carrying the sign that everyone was going to hell. And he would just march through the city. And the, I wouldn't say that that's the most prudent. I, I think his ROI was pretty low. It was a return on investment. I don't think oh. he got good numbers. I, I would hope not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of times that's sort of what you think of evangelizing is like someone with like a plaid shirt and khakis and like a smile, maybe yeah. a clipboard. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that could be effective for the right kind of person. Probably not yelling at them or telling them Definitely to go to hell, not. unless mm-hmm. you, who knows, maybe that'll work on someone. But um, doubt it. It definitely requires um, prudence and charity and genuinely loving someone enough. To to want to bring them to the truth. I think mm-hmm. that kind of has to be your motivation. Not, yes. I want everyone on my team because my team's the best. That's not right. the best way of going into it. It's understanding that um, by doing this, you are loving other people and wanting to bring them to Jesus, which is the only source of true and lasting happiness. Mm-hmm. Because you have, you yourself know that you have this wonderful gift. And if this kind of gift was anything else, then you would share it with your loved ones and friends. And this is the greatest gift of all time. Mm-hmm. So you better be sharing it with everyone you know, because how wonderful is it that we need to share it? Right. And that's sort of the other, the opposite end. So you could either be like in people's face and abrasive, and mm-hmm. that's probably not the best way to go. Um, but you also don't want to be like, you don't want to put your lamp under a bushel basket. Yeah, because I think a lot of people have this mentality like, oh, you believe that. 
and that's good for you but this is what I do and this is this is just for me like I don't want to push anyone's buttons I don't want to like um, offend anybody so I'm this is just for me and it's uh, it's no one else's business because it's just for me and mm-hmm. I just I just do this um, and have this relationship with Christ and it's just my own little box and I just don't want to hurt anybody else by Holly that whole time was making little boxes up there (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't see it but they were small handheld boxes (laughs) they're little precious boxes they are Um, but that if you truly do believe in Christ and the beauty of who he is and in this uh, authentic relationship with him I don't think that you can help but be compelled to share it with others because um, it's just so great. And you just want, if you love the person who's sitting next to you um, enough to say like, there's something better and you are worth more um, than what you're doing current or what you have currently. And he will give you so much more than what you're getting. And that's, that is rich and you deserve it. Mm-hmm. And th- this is disclaimer, this may not always work. This may Oh no. <laughs> this may generate very adverse reactions. Um and I think that's what keeps a lot of people from really mm-hmm. going. Like just if you ask someone to evangelize, they probably kind of give you a weird look, even if it's another Christian or another Catholic um or they might think like, "Oh yeah, I handed out this many flyers or this many rosaries." Right. Um but I think in the same way you can't get in some people's you can't get in people's faces you can't um you can't hide it either you can't say oh well i go to mass every sunday and maybe someone will see me and be moved to go to mass like right you know it's i'm not saying you have to go up to everyone and start a conversation with them but like those in your life who are needing this who are asking for this um you know living an example of fidelity to the church and to the gospel is a very fruitful means of evangelization but there are going to be times and opportunities where you can go beyond that right and you can't just say um you can't close yourself can't off close yourself it. off like you know you could be having a conversation with someone and they're really hurting and like you might just need to say like what have you prayed about it what's your prayer life like mm-hmm. and those are awkward weird conversations but um i think you'd be surprised how often people hadn't thought of that or like um are sort of able to understand that who you may not think understand that yeah and i think that um just breaking through the like fear of people not really accepting you um can bring a lot of fruit because you you don't have to like you don't have to have these relationships that are based on like kind of a lie you can be really upfront like this is what i believe and this is what i do and this is who I, because it is who you are. And so once you reveal that to the people who surround you or the people that you love, they can love you more authentically because they understand you a lot more deeply. Yeah, and that kind of um, touches on discipleship, which was how I was talking about earlier. And I think that is um, sort of the mode of evangelization that that really that Jesus recommends. Mm -hmm. You know, he makes 12 disciples and um, 12 apostles, and he has his disciples, and he kind of charges them to go out um, and spread the gospel, and it's not, you know, it's through personal relationships. You know, back then that was sort of a necessity. You couldn't rent a there billboard. There was no mass and, media. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. buy ad time or airspace, um, ad space or airtime. I switched it. <laughs> he does that sometimes. Holly thinks it's so funny. <laughs> it is. Um, 
But I think that's still very valid and um, a really good way to evangelize because it helps you get over some of the thornier parts of it. Because if you're someone's really struggling um, or has a strong attachment to sin, like that's a difficult conversation you need to have. And there's always this tension between um, being open and welcoming and understanding, and also holding firm to the truth. You right. know, there's going to be a point where you're going to say this this part of your life you can't continue that. Like that is a source of sin and pain and heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you need to approach that with prudence and charity. Um, but it's also a lot easier to do that if this is someone who knows you love them. Like if right. you just meet a stranger and you're like, oh, well, if you would just stop doing this, this, and this, or here are a bunch of sins you're doing, probably cut those out. That's not hard. going no, to it's work. Not, unless they're extremely... Uh, open to it open for some and reason. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they'd have those issues if they were that right. self-aware. Um, but knowing that someone loves you and um, has your best interests at in mind goes a long way in, in accepting that and saying, you know, maybe this is something I should think about. And also being really humble. I mean, like, we're kind of, what we're saying could be taken as like, oh, who are you to say this? Or like, who are you, Mr. Perfect, telling me that I have all these sins? Like, no, I think we need to all be very clear with the fact, like, I'm a huge sinner. You're a huge sinner. We're all sinners. But we all have the dignity to um or we all deserve to live a life toward like geared toward sanctity mm-hmm. and that like we don't need to rest in our sin right. and so like telling people that up front makes them a lot more open to listening to you if you say like hey i'm just like you but <sighs> it's tough because you do have to walk the line because you don't um... well you you don't need to rest in your sin that's the thing right like you just i love you enough to not let you stay where you're at right and that's where God is. That's where Christ comes to us, too. Yeah. Like, I love you where you are, but I have more things for you. Right. And that's, I think, sometimes we can get stuck on the first part. Yep. And it's it's really, you know, again, it's tough to tell someone you need to change your life. Um, but also you're not, I think a lot, of, like, one of the biggest problems in the world is we, we like to just be told we're okay where we are. It's a terrible, and terrible life. For for and, you know, Catholics, Christians, anyone to like, we just seek validation for wh- wherever we are instead of wanting to grow um, mm-hmm. towards Christ and towards um, continual conversion. Um, but the, I guess the second big thing is that evangelization takes time and there has to be time for the seeds that you sow to, to bear fruit. Yeah, slow change is true change. <clears throat> mm. I know. Write that I, in the chalkboard. I heard that from another podcast. Oh, no. I know. Trademark. <laughs> Catholic stuff you should know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. I just was like, wait, was that the right one? It's yes, okay. It was. Um, yeah. And slow, tra- slow change is true change. Like, it's not, it's not going to take, it's not going to be this, like, giant conversion experience, like, right away. But discipleship is living life with that person through it and with them and um being there every step of the way and the beautiful thing is that you get to see christ working in them and in you it's the weirdest thing to have the holy spirit speak through you Mm -hmm. it's the most wonderful thing um but it's amazing to to be a part of it and then you like you have this peace of knowing like okay you wanted me to say that and i Mm -hmm. did and 
that pleased you. And when you like love Christ, you're like, oh, good, that pleased you. I love you, and you love me. And, like, <laughs> this is good. Yeah, and we, like, I know this can sound sort of overly optimistic, like, just give it time. But there are cases where you may never see a change. It's you true. may never know, because you know, people don't, we don't have, like, a conversion meter on our backs. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Holly actually had an experience recently. Yeah. Uh, I was interning a while ago, like three or four years ago, but we apparently had the convers- this conversation about like a situation that she went through that really, affa- like what I said really affected her. And then um, she, I've seen on Facebook, like is a little bit, or a lot um, more into her faith now and is very involved in the church and has found a young adult community where she lives. Um, and is like back to the church where she, when I was with her, she um, was in a really hard place. And uh, she messaged me on Facebook a little while ago to tell me that the conversation that we had really meant a lot to her and brought her out of this darkness and to see light. And um, she's a teacher, so she was like, I know the feeling of letting or like not knowing the fruits of your labor. So I wanted to make sure that you knew that what you said had a really big impact on me. And it it gave me so much joy to hear her say that and to know that um, something that I said could help her in such a great way. Yeah. And I think it bears mentioning that the goal, the goal is loving others. Like we, you're not wasting your love on someone if they never join the Catholic church or they never convert. Like the goal is to love others and mm-hmm. through that show them God's love. That's sort of what we have to worry about. Um, it's not like you don't, make a conversion, you don't get points for that. Mm-hmm. No way. Um, and I've, so, <clears throat> a couple, like, for a couple of weeks now, I've gone to these really great, uh, talk. talks, thank you, I was like, speakers, <laughs> but speakers talk. Um, Some of them do. You don't all the time. <laughs> from the Theology of the Body, and um, they have been phenomenal, phenomenal, from the Theology of the Body Institute, so everybody should go check them out, because they're amazing. Um, And I learned through a couple of their talks that like love is the only thing that if you give away, it doesn't, it doesn't diminish the amount of love that you have. When you give love away, it only makes your love grow. And so you can really see that in evangelization, that when you give love away in this intentional um, way, that it comes back and it's it's wonderful and it's full and it makes your heart really full to know that you're loving someone so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and something, a form of evangelization that we really don't, may not think of, but as we're raising our little baby, we've kind of come to um, understand more is that um, families are sort of the, if not the prime, or like the most primary, what's is that a word? Primist? Most, most primary. Most anyway, primal. It can't be most primary because if it's primary, it's still Just one. Know. Anyway, the primary. <laughs> sorry, guys. The um, primary means of evangelization is through family, like parents teaching their children um, to love and to know God. Mm-hmm. And I remember once we were in like a discussion with a friend, like a polite debate, I, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about a lot of different issues in the world. And we were talking for hours about like the environment and politics and education and 
or I don't know. We were talking on like mm-hmm. all subjects. And this person was a teacher as well who worked with yeah. underprivileged kids. Um, and so she saw a lot of of hard things and had a lot of like really hard things to say. But we were like, I don't know, like rounding out the conversation and we were like, oh my gosh, this is just hopeless. Like the world is just terrible. This is like, what can we do about this? And then we kind of realized and unfortunately it led to not the best ending of our conversation because we disagreed on fundamental levels about things. But we realized that the answer to all of these things could be found within the family. And that if, if children understand love and nurture, like nurturing relationships and uh, just like truly caring for one another within, like from their parents and from a loving home, where Christ is modeled, I mean, like, where discipleship happens in the home, then those, hopefully, uh, those children will grow to be more uh, uh, good people. (laughs) (laughs) They will perpetuate the goodness the goodness and the love the love is really what's important. And that's kind of like what we've mentioned before, we love so much um, that the church is recognizing Louis and Zaylee Martin, because mm-hmm. what they do, they raise holy children. Right. Like, that was their that was their vocation. That was their job. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. Um, and if we, you know, in our family, are able to raise children who love God, who love sharing Christ with others, um, who are able to love everyone they come into contact with, that's you know, however five, six, seven more people in the world. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> however many uh, God bless so blesses us with. Um, that there's that many more people who are able to do this to reach that many more people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an exponential growth. Yeah. And it really models, um, the initial growth of the church, you know, like the apostles, you know, the 12 and Mary, and they sort of go out and mm-hmm. I remember there was a homily. Um, someone was talking, one of those homilies that references like a helpful story, but it's not necessarily scripturally based or even based in tradition. Um, but they're saying like after, uh, Christ's ascension, like he's looking down into the world and there's all darkness. I don't forget who he's talking to. Maybe the father. I don't know. Um, and it's all dark and then there's uh, 12 points of light. And he's like, well, what are those? And he's like, those are the 11 men who were apostles, apostles and Mary. And like from those 12 points of light, light will be spread, spread throughout. throughout the entire world. It is true. It is true. Um, yeah, I mean, even if you are single and not married and don't have <clears throat> children, then evangelization and like the discipleship ma- manner um, does the same thing. It mm-hmm. grows exponentially because if you if you get to share Christ with two people and then those two get to share it with mm-hmm. two people, that's four people. That's yeah. six total people just from you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and um, you said like even if you're single, but I think we all need to approach everyone as a brother or a sister. Definitely, like. Obviously, you have a closer relationship with your biological family, and you're able to better, um, you know, if you have children, you're better able to communicate these things to them. But also your coworkers, your friends, whoever, those are your brothers and sisters. And if you truly see them as that, then you're going to want better for them. Then you're mm-hmm. going to um, sort of want to share this wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. And um, better for them in that it's just a fuller um, life mm-hmm. with Christ. Yeah. And if you think any situ- whatever situation you're in currently, like there's someone you could be reaching out to. There's someone not necessarily 
get your Bible, go sit down with them. Right. But like someone you could be talking to more, asking how they're doing, asking about, you know, what's going on outside of work for their coworker or what's going on with work if they're not um, a coworker. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so those are two situations. If you don't hit those, sorry. No, no, but there's always, there's someone, even a family member, there's someone you can reach out to and love a little bit better, a little more sincerely. And sometimes evangelization can just look like listening because some people, all they need is someone to really listen to them mm-hmm. and for them to um, let their voices be heard because there are some people who no one ever will like fully listen to their life and what's going on with them without judging them or without uh, trying to like fix them or like some or like something. But if you just, there's just a lot of love that can be given to someone by just simply listening mm-hmm. to them and their story. And this is, this is a life rule, but like always, um, just if you follow Christ and you love Christ, all of this stuff is going to kind of just come naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't worry if you're like, Oh, should I have recommended this book to this person or should right. I like just follow Christ, do your best to share his love with everyone. Be in prayer about mm-hmm. this and say like, or if you're in an office situation and your coworker is having a an issue, pray and be like, Lord, do you want me to speak with her? I, I can if you want, but sometimes he might tell you, no, now's not the right time. Mm-hmm. Or yes, go. I want you to go talk to her and mm-hmm. or him. Um, and then once you listen to that, um, he will do great things through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So evangelization, not as scary as you think it is. Hope not. No. Not. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. No, it definitely no. is not. Um, but yeah, so... If you walk away with one thing, um, just try just share God's love with the world. That's what mm-hmm. evangelization is. Love, love others truly. Mm-hmm. True enough that you don't leave them where they're at. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna go back and forth with maxims yep. <laughs> until we we out wisdom ourselves. Um, but before we forget, um, so last week we asked for listeners of the week. Mm-hmm. We received a few. But we have no addresses. No one followed the officially prescribed rules of sending us an address. <laughs> of emailing us. Of emailing us. An address. An address so we could send them something. Yes. We got some prankster. We did. We got... Who said listener of the week at givemeaprize.com mm-hmm. claimed to be the listener of the week. Um, not so. No. We need a legit name. We do. <laughs> And we need a legit address. In, in an email, not a tweet. In an email to Halfway Saints Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but seriously, let us know that you're listening, what you like, what you don't like. Um, so send us an email, feedback, mm-hmm. questions, any corrections. Tell us what you do while you listen to us. Yeah. If you're folding laundry, if you're driving to work. That's true. Well, maybe we'll tailor what we say. We'll We'll give you tips on folding or give yeah. you better directions. Even though we don't know where you are. Turn left. Take I-85. Just I hope you're on the East Coast. <laughs> but no, please uh, contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, Follow us um, on Twitter at, at Halfway underscore Saints. Um, like us on Facebook. Facebook. Leave us a review on iTunes if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let us know what's up. We, we love getting mail. Mm-hmm. And we love all of you guys, and we're praying we for you. We are. We really are. Mm-hmm. And, oh, everyone have a great Holy Week. That's right. Mm-hmm. Can't okay. wait for Easter. And do yourselves a favor and celebrate the whole Triduum. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's really beautiful, and it kind of um, the different parts speak to one another really well. It really enriches your Easter experience. And I'm really excited to feel the emptiness of the church on Saturday. Yeah. So I try encourage to, everyone to go in. Try to go to a, a church on Holy Saturday. Um, it's it's not the best atmosphere because you do really feel something. So if you don't know, on Holy Saturday, they um, remove the Eucharist from the church. Um, so the tabernacle's open and empty. And you really can feel a difference. It feels unsettling, which is mm-hmm. a good uncomfortableness to right. feel before Easter. Because it lets you know you desire Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. So thanks again for listening. Thank you, everybody. Tune in next week. We'll see can't you. wait. Can't wait. But we will, we will wait one week. <laughs> Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Bye, guys. Bye.